This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. Jim and I were talking during the break. If if you've been listening, there's an active shooter situation near our office. Uh, There's a hospital, Northside Hospital, has a facility in Midtown Atlanta, and an active shooter has been there, is now on the run. Uh, they described as a black male wearing a gray hoodie. And I've been talking about this uh, since it started. Uh, we got the alert uh, on Twitter from WSB Radio, my flagship station. This happened at 1.07 p.m., roughly, and I started talking about it then it is now 2.07 p.m., and the Amber Alert or whatever, the emergency alert on cell phones just went out. Ten minutes ago, Jim says, he got the the alert on his phone ten minutes ago. Uh, and well, <laughs> what good is the alert when it's an hour after the, the thing has started? Good gracious. Um, if you are tuning in, though, and you are on uh, WSB, now I presume I can't actually hear the station in my ear because I'm talking, I, I assume they've jumped over to news, but if not right now, because I know they've covered it in the last hour, if, if they're back to me, in Metro, the, the Midtown Atlanta area, 13th, 12th Street, uh, West Peachtree Street, avoid that area. They haven't found the shooter yet, to my knowledge. Uh, it is an active shooter situation in that area. Be very careful out there. Uh, you should shelter in place. Uh, there are five victims now confirmed with the shooting. Um, the area is on lockdown, um, and we, let's see, four people have been taken to Grady Memorial Hospital, which is the trauma care, uh, hospital. A fifth is dead at the scene. The situation is fluid. They do not have the shooters. Some area schools are shut down or on lockdown. Uh, and y'all just, if you're in the area, be careful. Now, I want to move on to the topic of our children. I want to explain to you, and if you're a longtime listener of the show, you've heard me give this explanation again, but um, there, give this explanation in the past. But I want to do it to you again because the experts in education never stick with anything. 
I've talked in the past about phonics. Uh, in fact, last week we talked about phonics. There's a major move in this country led by black civil rights leaders to return to phonics. Phonics was for over 100 years how kids were taught to read. They learned the sounds of the letter combinations. And so you could see any word. You may not know what the word meant, but you could pronounce the word based on the letter combination. So, for example, uh, you know that uh, the O-A sound is, is O. So you can say if you know B, B is B and B and T is T, you can sound out boat or oat or moat if you know that the M sound. Um, if you know that two E's together tend to have a hard E sound, E, then you have meet and you have uh, greet and you have beat. You can, you can figure these things out. But education experts in the 70s and into the 80s decided, you know, we should go with the whole word approach where we should teach kids to memorize the words of the English language. And it turns out uh, we have copious amounts of data and really have for a very long time that it doesn't work as well as phonics. Kids are less able to read with the whole word approach than with uh, memorizing the sounds and the phonics approach. Now civil rights leaders have moved back to the phonics approach. Well, math is another area. Common core math is a disaster. There, You will always find some people who try to defend common core math just as you find uh, whole word defenders. But common core math is an unmitigated disaster. One of the reasons, now you're, you're wondering what common core math is. Our kids used to go to a private school that used common core math. And common core math wants to teach kids multiple ways to do the same thing. And the intention, I think, to some degree is, is good that kids learn in different ways, teach them different ways to do things. But, for example, uh, one of the, the lessons that my child had to do was subtraction. And the way you subtracted is you taught kids how to add in, in a weird way. And ultimately, it took you an entire page to do a single basic subtraction problem because of all the steps you had to go through. It was super convoluted. The whole purpose of Common Core Math, however, has nothing to do with teaching your kid math. The purpose of Common Core Math is to separate you, the parent, from your child's learning. Because you did not learn Common Core Math, therefore you cannot help your child with homework, therefore your child learns that it, your child must be dependent on the teachers and the staff, the government. The entirety of Common Core is designed by the Fortune 500 under the noble idea that a kid in California whose parents move around the country and is dropped in Texas should be able to be on the same page learning the same things in a system more uniform than it's ever been. The actual reason Common Core exists is so that your child learns to be a good, non-competitive worker bee who doesn't think outside the box, is more bureaucrat than entrepreneur, and can never challenge the smart elite set in the country. It's a terrible idea. The reason that uh, it is a terrible idea is because your children don't learn to think for themselves, and the parents are taken out of the system. I mean, seriously, with Common Core Math, 
the parents can't do the math. My wife is pretty proficient in math. She started out in an engineering program, wound up getting a degree in psychology and English, became a computer programmer. Her father is an engineer from Georgia Tech who knows math. Neither my father-in-law who went to Georgia Tech nor my wife who could program computers could help the kids with their math homework because they couldn't figure out the common core stuff. If you ever saw The Incredibles Part 2, where Mrs. Incredible has a job and Mr. Incredible is home uh, helping the kids, and he's trying to help the kid with math, and he's like, math is math. Who, Who changed math? That's common core. That's the problem. And the reading in common core is bad, too, because the idea of reading is you want to incentivize the kids to read as many books as possible. You do not incentivize the kids to read complex books outside their grade level. You incentivize the kids to read as many books as possible, which means they read the books that are not challenging to them so they can get through as many as possible. And they, they have these stupid little quizzes they have to take on all the books they read. It's a terrible system. It is designed by the Fortune 500 so your kids do not learn to think for themselves. It's an awful system. That leads me to history because we have had the story on how kids are failing at math. We have had the story on how kids are failing at at reading, and now the Wall Street Journal reports the scores in U.S. history and civics, the first release since the start of the pandemic, reversed the gains made since the 1990s. Eighth graders' test scores in U.S. history and civics fell to the lowest levels on record last year, according to the Education Department. In the first release of U.S. history and civics scores since the start of the pandemic, the National Assessment of Educational Progress known as the nation's report card, showed a decline in student knowledge that reversed gains made since the 1990s. According to the data, 13% of eighth graders met proficiency standards for U.S. history, meaning they could explain major themes, periods, events, people, ideas, and turning points in the country's history. About a fifth of students scored at or above proficiency in in civics. Declines in student understanding of U.S. history that occurred before the pandemic continued. While long-standing gaps in student achievement across specific groups persisted, data showed, low-performing 8th grade students had significant drops in civics and U.S. history, while high-performing students mainly held steady. The falling federal test scores in U.S. history and civics coincide with the downward spiral seen in other subjects tested since the pandemic. You will not be surprised to learn that uh, kids in red states outperform kids in blue states. Let me give you a, a sample question. Franklin Delano Roosevelt won four presidential elections between 1932 and 1944. Why could he not have won four elections today? A. The electoral college system makes it difficult for candidates to serve more than two terms. B, Roosevelt's political party no longer exists. C, the Constitution has been amended to prevent people over the age of 70 from serving as president. D, the Constitution has been amended to prevent people being elected more than two terms president. The answer, of course, is D. A lot of kids got that wrong. Next question. At the time Columbus arrived in the Americas, most of the area that is now called Mexico was controlled by which people? The Apache, the Iroquois, the Aztecs, or the Inuit? Aztecs. That's the answer. Two countries both claim that an island in the Pacific Ocean belongs to them. 
The countries are prepared to go to war with each other over the issue. What is the United Nations able to do to help in the conflict? Conflict One, force all other countries to stop trading with the two countries, disarm the militaries of both countries, arrange for diplomatic negotiations between the countries, or send weapons to both sides. <laughs> if you know the real United Nations, you know it's send weapons to both sides, but I think you're supposed to go with the diplomacy answer, which is correct. What was the most significant factor that led the American colonists to form the first Continental Congress in 1774? Colonial frustration with laws passed by the British Parliament, the desire of the colonies to stop the war between Britain and the colonies, the desire of the colonists to write a constitution or religious conflict inside the colonies. I'm going to go with colonial frustration with the British Parliament, which is correct. The Constitution requires the president's nominations to the Supreme Court be approved by the Senate. This is an example of judicial review, federalism, checks and balances, legislative supremacy. Let's go with checks and balances, which is correct. Throughout the early to mid-1800s, the Lowell factory system primarily employed single men, married women, single women, married men. Well, now this is one I don't know that I know, but I'm going to go with single women and see what that is. And it's correct. Makes sense. I don't think I've heard the Lowell Factory one. Which of the following is an example of people using power without having the right to do so? A police officer arrests someone because the person looks suspicious. A group of people against nuclear power march outside a nuclear power plant. The owner of a newspaper prints his opinions. A governor vetoes a bill passed by the state legislature. Which of the following is an example of people using power without having the right to do so? I'm assuming a police officer arrests someone because they look suspicious, which is correct. Anyway, it goes like this. Your kids are supposed to know these answers. My kids have moved after our frustrations with Common Core and frustrations with the school they were going to over bullying and the administration like moved to a small classical education school. Classical education schools are, are very interesting because your elementary school, you the kids have to memorize a bunch of facts over, over five years, six years. They memorize a ton of the facts, all of the schooling. Math is, is real math. It's like the math we grew up with. They learn Latin. Uh, they they learn rhetoric. They learn how to they learn how to build on speeches and themes like that. And then they move into middle school and they take their facts and they use their facts to analyze problems. And then in high school, they take the entirety and they, they use comprehensive analysis to build arguments. Learn how to a logic. Um, it, it's it's a crazy system that works so well to teach kids building blocks, essentially teaching kids the way they did 150 years ago. You learn phonics, you learn math through the memorization of the multiplication tables, and then you move into division, you move into advanced math. My kid's gonna have, is in uh, calculus right now, is gonna have AP calculus next year in high school. And it's, it's the logical flow of the classes and it works. And the parents can help the kids with the homework and the kids learn the facts and the kids learn the information. It's so much better than what so many Commons Core schools are doing. And what I see, I mean, last week we did a story on how English education in this country is garbage. A few weeks ago we did it on how math is garbage in this country. And now it's history. And again, it's the blue states that lock down for the longest time that are the worst affected. Red states are affected, but not as bad, but also... It's all the schools that latched on to the crazy trends from the academic elite, and they've all screwed up our kids. And that's why so many schools have moved into indoctrination and just flat out abandoned even trying to educate our kids. The academics have given up.
I keep having friends tell me they realized I was right. Every time you wash sheets from Bowling Branch, they get softer and softer. They're the most luxurious sheets. The highest quality, incredible craftsmanship with just unmatched softness. 100% traceable organic cotton. It gets softer with every wash. I tell you guys that it's true. I can tell you it's a big difference. And I have bought different pairs of sheets to try to find some best. I keep coming back to my Bowling Branch sheets. They're incredible. They're buttery to the touch, super breathable. They're perfect for cooler weather and warmer weather. Why the drape? You actually feel like you've got something of substance on you so you can snuggle in, but you don't get overwhelmingly hot during the during the summertime, and it's just the perfect weight under the blanket as well during the wintertime. I love Bowling Branch sheets. They're so luxurious. They're loved by four U.S. presidents. Got over 10,000 raving reviews. Right now, get 15% off your first order when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlingBranch.com. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Oh, my gosh. Welcome. Uh, this hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, reach out to them if you want to grow your business. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Uh, I, Philip just dropped this into, into our Slack chat that we have. Uh, <laughs> the headline, a misreading of the Bible fuels apathy about climate change. Christian theology and global politics can make strange bedfellows. Consider the intimate relationship between fundamentalist expectations of Christ's return and market-driven disregard for the environment. The affair became public back in 81 when Ronald Reagan's duly minted Interior Secretary James Watt, once known for suing the department he went on to lead, was testifying before a House committee. Watt was asked whether he was committed to save some of our resources for our children. He said, that is the delicate balance the Secretary of Interior must have to be steward for the natural resources of this generation as well as future generations. But he continued, I do not know how many future generations we can count on before the Lord returns. Whatever it is, we have to manage with the skill to leave the resources for future generations. Was Watt suggesting his faith in the second coming should temper the government's conservation efforts? In response to the ensuing uproar, he maintained that his personal Pentecostal belief in a possibly imminent end of the world should have no bearing on official, essentially what this person is trying to do is say, oh, all you Christians for a couple thousand years been misreading the book of Revelation. Uh, you say the world is going to end in fire and you look at global warming and think maybe this is what God means and and uh, actually, no, it's something else and you shouldn't be guiding yourself and on the planet with, oh, good Lord, I got to tell you, I'm one of those people. I just think we're supposed to adapt. We're supposed to adapt. The world is going to end in fire, uh, whether it's it's the, the return of Christ or if you're an atheist, the, the big ball of plasma that you see out there that you're not supposed to look at directly that expands and, and burns everything up in several billion years from now. I just do not care about global warming. We should adapt. Is the war, Do I think the weather's a little wacky? Yeah. Do I think that, that climate change is real? Yeah, I actually am in the camp that thinks climate change is real. And guess what? I don't care about it. Why? Because I think in large part it's a natural phenomenon. To the extent that I think mankind plays a role, I think that our job is to adapt to it and also let the private sector handle it. Government demands aren't going to fix it. Look at Apple. 
Apple has overwhelmingly gotten to the point where it uses renewable energy for everything and recycles everything, and so many of its parts are, that that's a private sector company doing what you would want a private sector company to do without the government demand that it do it. Just adapt. Those of you who think the world is, is, is changing because of climate, well, you adapt. And if you don't like it that your neighbor's a mouth breather, breather driving a, a fossil fuel burning vehicle, well, tough. We all get to live on this planet the way we want to live, by and large. So there's an active shooter situation in Midtown Atlanta, Georgia right now. A lady in one of the buildings in the area uh, has, a, so the, the, the suspect is identified as a black man wearing a gray uh, hoodie, sweatshirt, and jeans. A, a woman uh, from a tall building uh, videos a guy on uh, top of a building in Midtown, right near where the shooting happened. She's in what's called the Promenade Building, which is a very tall building. She's looking down another building and sees a uh, tall black man in a gray sweatshirt, hoodie, and jeans uh, who has climbed up onto the roof and is hiding behind between panels on the roof, calls the police over an hour ago. They still have not... Uh, gotten there to check. Uh, police have identified the shooter as uh, Dion Patterson, born October of 1998, uh, advising people to call 911. Do not approach him. He is considered armed and dangerous. That is from the Atlanta Police Department's official Twitter account. Um, fun times in the city of Atlanta. Meanwhile, a buddy of mine, Ryan, is who is listening right now, says he's got his police scanner on, and there have been four carjackings in the past hour in that area, completely unrelated uh, to the shooters. All the police are looking for the shooter. The carjackers are having a field day. I guess not specifically in that area, but around the city of Atlanta. My goodness gracious. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to double down on something. Um actually, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna move to something else. Pivot. This is what I do. Live news talk radio. There have been a series of news stories over the last several weeks about supposed corruption at the U.S. Supreme Court. You should note that all nine justices of the Supreme Court today have sent a letter to the United States Senate pushing back on the idea of the conservative justices are being corrupt and not following rules or need other rules, noting that the justices all voluntarily comply with the U.S. Judiciary Commission's ethics rules, even though they are not bound by them, they all comply, every single one of them. They all put their names on it. They send it to the Senate. It doesn't matter. Because the Supreme Court is no longer serving any purpose for the left, the left has decided it's time to burn down the Supreme Court. Now, progressives will say, well, the court's been conservative for a while. Ah, yes. So conservative, it upheld Obamacare and affirmed gay marriage as the law of the land and for the longest time continued to allow abortion in the land. Yes, so conservative indeed. But now it's actually conservative. Anthony Kennedy is gone. Sandra Day O'Connor is gone. 
John Roberts is somewhat marginalized with the others. It's an actual conservative court now. And because it's a conservative court and these people have life tenure, the left has decided to burn it all down, destroy its credibility, so no one will think of it as legitimate. What's remarkable here is the very same people who hand ring about threats to democracy and insurrection are the people willfully trying to destroy the credibility of the court with stories that, by the way, aren't true. The things they've said about Clarence Thomas, not true. The things they've said about Neil Gorsuch, not true. The things they've said about John Roberts' wife, not true. They have kernels of truths in them, but the overall stories and arguments made simply are not true. They do not care about the truth of the matter asserted. They care about destroying the legitimacy of the court because the court no longer gives them what they want. And the media is eating it all up. The press corps has covered these details about the court and the misrepresentations pretty broadly. Representative Jim Comer from Kentucky, the head of the House Oversight Committee, has subpoenaed the FBI for documents, including allegations of a criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Joe Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. Hunter Biden has high-priced lawyers in Arkansas arguing that he's very poor, so poor, in fact, he had to sleep on a cot in his father's room in Ireland on an official visit. The very same media, the very same media pushing false narratives about corruption at the Supreme Court have completely ignored the more and more growing body of evidence that Joe Biden and his family have had very corrupt practices. And in fact, Joe Biden has more than likely profited from Hunter Biden's trading on the family name. Never mind how the media went after uh, the Hunter Biden laptop story, trying to cover it up, trying to hide it, trying to re- refuse to talk about it. The media wanted to believe it was fake. They have not covered Hunter Biden's lawyers in Arkansas. They have not covered the allegations uh, found on the hard drive of Hunter Biden's laptop that Hunter Biden was sending a portion of the money he got from these business deals to his father. They're, They're not covering any of these things. They're obsessed with the legitimacy or not of the United States Supreme Court and have no curiosity at all about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And they will say that, well, Hunter Biden is a private citizen. Well, Hunter Biden may be a private citizen, but he's apparently living in the White House, been traveling with his father, and we know has been trading on his father's name. If this was a Trump kid, you know what would happen. The double standard from the press when it comes to perceptions of corruption from the left and the right is pretty staggering. They go out of their way to give a pass to the Biden family. They go out of their way to cover for it, excuse it, not look at it, distract from it, tell you that Hunter Biden's laptop was a scam, that it wasn't real. Uh, We now know that Anthony Blinken uh, had ties to it. He, of course, uh, is accused of having put together the letter 
from the various members of the intelligence community saying it was a Russian hack. He denies it now. I want to ask about the letter that was written concerning Hunter Biden's laptop. Mm. Uh, they said it was you know, Russian disinformation. Mm. Uh, can you explain what your role was in that and if you incentivized it? Well, first, one of the great benefits of this job is that I uh, don't do politics and uh, don't, uh, don't engage in it. But with regard to, uh, uh, to that letter, um, I didn't, uh, wasn't my idea, didn't ask for it, didn't solicit it. And uh, I think uh, the testimony uh, that um, the former deputy director of the CIA, Mike Morrell, put forward confirms that. Mm. Um, do you accept that the, the laptop is not Russian disinformation? Again, from my perspective, uh, I'm not, not engaging in politics. I've got a lot on my agenda, we, things that we've just talked about, uh, trying to help the Ukrainians and the uh, Russian aggression against them. And he goes on from there. Really, uh, he is trying very hard to claim that he knew nothing about it, had no role in it. Well, then why did his name keep coming up? Well, I don't do politics now. I'm the Secretary of State. Yeah, but before that. The lack of curiosity from members of the media over this is just striking to me. Genuine lack of curiosity about anything related to Biden. Meanwhile, they'll get all the basic facts wrong about the Supreme Court. Now, uh, I, I got to um, move to another topic relating to all of this thing, uh, all, all of these sorts of stories of what the media will and will not cover and what people on the right will and will not cover because Kevin McCarthy has come out and said he supports funding the Ukrainians. That's right. Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House. Can you comment? Is it possible if in the near future uh, the U.S. policy regarding sending weaponry to Ukraine will change? Yeah, I'm not sure. The, the, the sound here is not good. Did he say, I don't support aid to Ukraine? No, I vote for aid for Ukraine. I support aid for Ukraine. I do not support what your country has done you to, to Ukraine. I do not support your killing of the children either. And I think for one standpoint, you should pull out. And I don't think it's right. And we will continue to support because the rest of the world sees it just as it is. Ah, uh, yes. Good for Kevin McCarthy standing up for funding Ukraine. I know there are a lot of people on the right these days who don't support Ukraine. A lot of people on the right who are just repurposing Russian talking points. The Russians today claim the Ukrainians were somehow able to fly a small drone all the way from Ukraine to Moscow to attempt the assassination of Vladimir Putin. Uh, I see people on the right who are just absolutely a thousand percent willing to believe it. You should know that the way Vladimir Putin came to power was to stage the bombing of an apartment complex in Moscow and blame it on Islamic activists and went to war in Chechnya over it. You, you should know that. Uh, you should know that the um, Russians under Vladimir Putin did this, and you should know the reason we know that Vladimir Putin was behind it is because there was a delay in the explosion and his press shop had released uh, memoranda about the explosion and the tragedy before the building even blew up. That sounds too good to be true, but it's actually a true story. 
Vladimir Putin stages these sorts of things. You cannot believe the Ukrainians did this. And also, uh, that drone that the Russians showed an image of would have been incapable of flying from Ukrainian territory. Battery wouldn't have gotten there. It had to have been launched from inside Moscow, which, if so, means that the Russians have been infiltrated by the Ukrainians more generally. I don't know why anyone would accept on their face what the Russians are saying. The fact of the matter remains that after the fall of the Berlin Wall and the collapse of the Soviet Union, the Ukrainians gave up their nuclear arsenal to the Russians, and in exchange, the Russians and the Americans together volunteered to protect the Ukrainians. The Russians broke their promise and are seeking to rebuild the Soviet Union. The Americans have kept their promise. We haven't committed troops. All these people talking about, I don't want my kids to die in Ukraine. There's not an American kid dying in Ukraine. Why are you so willing to grab hold of and glom on to Russian talking points? The Ukrainians were invaded by the Russians. The Russians will not stop with Ukraine. They want to rebuild the Soviet Union. We never were letting Ukraine into NATO. Now we probably should. The willfulness of so many people in the United States on the right and the far left, which is notable, to grab hold of and use and embrace Vladimir Putin's talking points is rather pathetic. And to just take at face value today the story from the Russians that the Ukrainians tried to blow up Putin using drones in Moscow at the Kremlin, uh, given the history of Vladimir Putin doing things like that to create narratives to justify his use of aggressive force, maybe uh, you, you people should slow down on just using Russian propaganda. Maybe, maybe you should wonder um, if it's true or not instead of just embracing it as fact. Now, I got to tell you about Advantage Gold one more time because uh, we're also dealing with the Federal Reserve today and interest rates and uh, what is actually going to happen in the future. It says uh, Jerome Powell is speaking live. Uh, the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates by a quarter point. Uh, they're suggesting they may pause now. Uh, Jerome Powell saying that conditions have broadly improved. Right now, as I'm looking, the stock market is about even. NASDAQ up 87 points, Dow up 10 points, S&P up 14 points. But uh, given the way the trajectories happen and uh, the impact the interest rates are going to have, you might be interested in using precious metals in your portfolio, which is why you should call Advantage Gold at 800-450-2566. They are TrustLink's number one highest rated gold company uh, for the last seven years in a row. They have a great IRA department. They can help you with your IRA. They can help you with your 401k. They can help you with your general portfolio. 800-450-2566. Call them. Get a free gold IRA investment kit that tells you everything you need to know about compliance with federal rules for using precious metals as part of your retirement portfolio. 800-450-2566. Tell Advantage Gold I sent you, and you'll be impressed with their lack of gimmicks. They just play it straight. They give you the answer to your questions. 800-450-2566. Well, for those of you in Atlanta, the police are aware of the video of the guy on the, the looks like the high museum roof. They say they, they have identified, not him. Um, and now it looks like um, the, the search for him has moved north of the city. They have identified the shooter in the metro Atlanta area uh, as they continue to look down. Uh, police have been asking people still in the uh, area of the shooting in Atlanta 
to remain on lockdown. Uh, there is a uh, carjacking incident um, that they think may have been related. The car has been recovered. Uh, they're not sure. Uh, Dion Patterson, age 24, is the shooting suspect. He is considered armed and dangerous. Surveillance photos of the suspect were previously released by officials, uh, and they are telling people that he is armed and dangerous. Uh, so be careful out there if you're listening on my flagship station in Atlanta, or if you're listening online in that area, be very careful. Uh, my producer says that his kid's daycare uh, has been locked down in Smyrna, uh, which is north of the city, uh, and that he cannot go get his kids and because uh, one, uh, a, a car that was carjacked uh, has been uh, dropped off there, and they're not sure if it's related or not, but they're, they're certainly looking to see if that's the case. So that's what we're dealing with here in the metro Atlanta area today. Goodness gracious. Um, well, and, and nationally... Uh, someone from the Air Force, I suspect, must have embedded himself in the Navy and decided to pull a joke. The Navy has invited an active duty drag queen to be a digital ambassador in order to attract the most talented and diverse workforce and combat plunging recruitment. Yeoman Second Class Joshua Kelly identifies as non-binary was appointed as the first of five Navy digital ambassadors in a pilot program. Uh, Kelly, stage name is Harpy Daniels, has shared his TikTok and Instagram journeys, uh, and the New York Post using they, them pronouns for this guy. I refuse to do so. He's very clearly a dude. Uh, describes himself that they perform on board and became an advocate for people who were oppressed for years in the service. From joining to 2016 and being able to share my drag experience on my off time with my fellow sailors has been a blessing, he says. Thank you to the Navy for giving me the opportunity. I don't speak for the Navy, but simply sharing my experience in the Navy. Uh, let's go slay, he adds. Wow. I I have a sneaking suspicion that naval drag queens will not actually increase uh, recruitment for the Navy. In fact, uh, it might actually, like the Bud Light situation, harm your recruiting efforts more than help your recruiting efforts. How do these people not know their own? You know, this is the, the wildest thing. Um, this is something I just simply fail to understand. The Navy using a sailor who is a drag queen trying to boost recruitment for the Navy. Bud Light marketing to Dylan Mulvaney, the uh, trans dude. Do these people, do they not realize their audiences? How have we gotten to a point in the country where, where major entities like the Navy or Anheuser-Busch, they do not know their core audience and they're marketing for people who I probably are not going to take them up on it. I doubt there's going to be this massive wave of trans Bud Light drinkers because of Dylan Mulvaney. And I doubt we're going to see this massive influx of people who like drag queens into the United States Navy. We need the United States Navy to slay bad guys, not slay 
whatever. Good Lord, these people. 